This is where I would normally plug a sponsor to pay the bills, but I'm not big on promoting stuff that I don't personally use and believe in. So instead, I'm just going to quickly tell you about something of mine, specifically my one-on-one -on -one coaching service. So the long story short here is this is the personal coaching service that I wish I had when I started in the gym many years ago. Every diet and training program that we create for clients is 100% custom. We provide daily workout logs and do weekly accountability calls. Our clients get priority email service and discounts on supplements and the list goes on and on. Furthermore, my team and I have also worked with hundreds of people of all ages, circumstances, and needs and goals. So no matter how tricky you might think your situation is, I promise you, we can figure out how to get you results. If I have piqued your interest and you want to learn more, then head on over to www.muscleforlife.com forward slash coaching and schedule your free consultation call now. I'll tell you, there's usually a wait list and new slots fill up very quickly. So if you're interested at all, don't wait, go schedule your call now. All righty. That is enough shameless plugging for now, at least let's get to the show. Hey, Rachel, thanks for taking the time to uh, come on the podcast. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. So as you know, the idea with these, I do one of these interviews a month. And I just like to talk to people who have either gone through my coaching service or just read one of my books and applied the principles and share their success stories because one, of course, it helps get the word out about my stuff, but also to people, and I know just hearing from a lot of people, they find these interviews inspiring and motivating because it's just cool to hear somebody else who did well in a way that you or somebody listening also wants to do well. So let's start with a, maybe a, just a quick before and after kind of snapshot. I guess we could probably start with just some numbers, body composition stuff that will immediately register in people's minds. And just to be clear to everybody listening, so Rachel went through my coaching service and you did three months, Rachel, or is it? Yeah, I did three months. Okay, good. So it's three months. And what does the before and after look like? I guess we could we could talk some numbers and then maybe also just how things are qualitatively like quality of life. And then I think we should rewind to, I mean, I'm curious to hear how did you even find out about me and what were you doing before and how was it going and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. Basically, I guess before a quick snapshot of before, I was around 160 pounds. I'm six foot flat. I wouldn't say that it's like a, a lot of weight on me, but I'm very unevenly proportioned. So like a lot of women, I had a lot of weight in my hips and my thighs, very small upper body. So I had a very uh, large pear shape. I had no upper body strength at all. Um, I could barely do a push up. It was pretty sad, actually. And then, you know, quick snapshot to afterwards, I was down 15 pounds of fat and I had gained about two inches on both of my biceps, which was a pretty big deal um, because I, when I flexed before, I had no muscle. And then now I have a pretty significant bicep, which was really great for me. And I was able to do two or three push-ups without any help or just nonstop, which was a really big goal for me just because I have zero strength at all. It was really great to be able to lose 15 pounds of fat and able to see that weight melt off of my hips because I'd always been super self-conscious about it. And to be able to see a little bit of what my body could look like was really exciting. Yeah. And this is obviously just a preview of things to come, right? Because this is three months that you're, that you're talking about. 
I actually finished a program in November. So I've actually lost 10 more pounds following the program that I was following. I actually started off with no abs. I now have a four defined abs. Like me. Well, genetically, I can't have anything oh. else. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Hey, twins. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have uh, four abs and I'm doing a lot of things I never thought I could do. How many How many push-ups now? I haven't actually counted. I'm actually doing push-ups with my feet elevated now. So that's a huge deal for me. And uh, I can do about one or two of those with my feet elevated um, on a chair. And I haven't actually done account of how many push-ups, but I'd say I could probably do maybe like 15 uh, nonstop, which is really great. <laughs> really great for me. Yeah, that's great. And I, I'm looking at your numbers here before and after the coaching. So on your dumbbell bench press, where, where are you at now? Maybe about 50 pounds. Wow. Because I have here, you started at 15 for eight. That's that's when you, where you started. Yeah, I was very light. I just kept adding weight. I didn't want to be scared of it. I was always super scared of adding weight because it would hurt. And I was like, you know, just push through it because you're going to see results. And now I'm at 50 and going higher every week or I'm trying to. <laughs> that's great. Were, were you concerned about uh, getting bulky when, when you were first starting, especially if you were going to significantly increase your strength? Yeah, I was I was a little concerned about it, mostly because I didn't really understand. I didn't understand anything about building muscle and I had no knowledge on it. So I just thought, you know, well, if I work out, I'm going to become like super uh, bulky and, you know, I'm going to look very uh, masculine. And I already have really broad shoulders for a woman. So I was really concerned that it was going to make me look even more uh, masculine than I already uh, did. But the more I kept going, the more I noticed that it actually carved out my body really well and really nicely and gave me more feminine features. Um, so that was really surprising. Yeah. I mean, that's just for women listening. One of the things to consider is, um, of course, if you were to take wherever you're at now, whatever your body fat percentage is, and if you just added muscle, things are going to look bigger. That's, of course, what happens. But if you're adding muscle and you're also stripping away fat and bringing that down to the level that you want it to be at, and that changes. Some women like to be leaner than others, uh, really. But you, if when you bring your, your body fat levels down to where you want them to be, yes, you look, quote unquote, certain areas of your body might look, quote unquote, bigger than they would if you were at that body fat percentage with no muscle. But that's the difference of looking kind of just thin and wayfish without curves or muscle definition and looking athletic. And if you are focusing on training the right areas of your body, you like, let's say it's your lower body, let's say it's your butt, let's say it's, it's your legs, but in a way that adds lines and adds definition as opposed to just adding quote unquote size. And something else just to consider is that women start with a lot less muscle. It's not actually that they can't gain muscle as well as men. They can gain muscle fairly well, almost as, as well as men can. However, women start with so much less muscle than men, it requires quite a bit of muscle gain to ever get to the realm where you starting or where you're starting to look masculine. It just takes many years. It takes a lot of work, and quite frankly, a lot of women actually don't even have the genetics for it. So, if you were to maintain a body fat percentage that you're happy with, it would take a lot of work to ever get to a point where you're like, "Wow, I'm actually too jacked now." And many women could never even get there. It doesn't matter how hard they tried; they would have to put on a lot more body fat, which is not what women generally want to do. So I'm assuming that's at least in line with what you've experienced so far. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Putting on body fat was one of my biggest concerns. I think I always associated like working out with, you know, if you put on muscle, you had to put on fat. 
again, because I, I honestly had no idea what was going on. I didn't really understand how like the muscular system worked and, you know, anything like that. So it was really nice to have that fat melt off because I think if, if I would not have been practicing a proper diet, I think I would have gotten a lot bigger. And that's, that's what happens to many women when they, well, they'll get into any sort of exercise, whether it's just cardio or, or resistance training or a mix of both, if they're not also following a starvation diet, which in many cases they are, but if they're not, if they're just kind of eating by feel and just eating intuitively, what naturally happens is, okay, so you start training your body and that's great for your body and it has health benefits, but it also increases the energy demands in the body. And so your body has a complex system for regulating appetite and it tells you essentially what it's sending signals saying, hey, give me more food. I need more food. Your body does not want to be in an energy deficit because it, what that is, is mild starvation. So what will happen, and I know just from hearing from a lot of women, is if they're not, like you said, if they're just going, okay, I'm just going to eat quote unquote clean and, and I'm not going to restrict myself and I'm not going to blatantly overeat, what inevitably happens is either don't lose fat. So they're adding muscle but not losing fat, which isn't creating the look in the, the mirror is not very encouraging. Or they overshoot it a bit because all of us, if we just eat based on feel or if we don't consciously try to control our calorie intake, all of us are, most of us are going to err on the side of overeating, not undereating. That's just biology. So anyways, I'm just throwing out commentary for women listening that things that I've come across that it's good to understand like, oh, okay, well, that that's why that's an issue. And that's why I'd say it seems to be more of an issue in women I haven't looked into the research on emotional eating, but based on my experience, it seems to be more of an issue with women than men and particularly around menstruation. And so there are other factors that can make it even harder for women to just intuitively mildly starve themselves. Basically, it's kind of like it's either an all in over the top where you fucking know you're starving yourself. You're eating, you know, three tiny meals a day or you're eating right around your maintenance level and you tend to go over. So I'm assuming, and this is probably a good segue into what were you doing before? What had you tried before and how was that working? Yeah. So I've actually struggled with diet my whole life. I say that lightly because I am only 24. So really my diet only became an issue when I was around 18, but I personally struggled with emotional eating because I was diagnosed with endometriosis. So around my period, I would, I had stronger symptoms than most people. So I was just going into, you know, chocolate and bags of chips. And like you said, I was either all in or starving myself on my diet, or I was eating way too much. There was no steady, healthy diet really my whole life, just because I didn't really know what I was doing was bad for me. Because, you know, you see so many different points of information like, oh, if you eat less, your body will naturally burn off the fat or don't eat too little. And, you know, it was really confusing. I tried a lot of fad diets. But recently, more recently, and around when I was 22, I noticed I started packing on a little more weight in my hips. So I started going really in depth into, you know, these big fad diets. And I actually started doing fasting. So I was fasting for up to two days, and then I would eat and I was miserable. It was honestly one of the worst periods of my life because I, I love to eat and I'm not a happy person when I'm hungry. Like most people, you know, hangry is, is a real thing. And I was just really unhappy. My eating habits were really bad. So two days, like 48 hours, just a real fast? 
Yeah, real fast. I would drink water and green tea. Um, if if I got really irritable, I would try and like sip on something that had a little sugar in it, like orange juice. But it was really unhealthy, and you know, my skin started to deteriorate. You know, everyone was like, "Well, what's wrong with you? Are you sick?" And I'm like, "No, I'm totally fine." Other people started to notice how unhealthy I was becoming, and you know, I thought I was doing the right thing because I had read, you know. They have so much information online. When you don't really know what's like what you should be doing, you just assume that could be right, and that could be like the magic ticket into, you know, losing that weight. So I was really uneducated, and I probably continued that for a while until I started eating again, and I started eating less, and then I noticed I started to gain more weight. So it was just really confusing, and that that pretty much continued until. I started the program. Well, actually, until my fiance started the program first. And then I was kind of like, oh. Okay, so that's how you found. Yeah, yeah. He actually, he was a huge fan of the podcasts and we listened to them on the way to work. And I was like, wow, this this makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> all this stuff I'm hearing. And uh, then he signed up for the program and he had amazing results. And uh, so then I did it and I also had amazing results. Oh, that's great. And so now tell me, I'm curious on the diet in particular. So how was that aspect of the program? Because it, it was it was probably a pretty big shift. Yeah, it was. Fortunately, my coach, Echo, she was awesome. I was able to talk to her about all of my struggles and everything with eating. And she was so willing to make it to where it wasn't super difficult. but the worst part of it was the first week was just changing into that schedule because I went from such a unscheduled eating habit. You know, I'm the type of person where if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat, you know, whether it's dinner time or lunchtime. And sometimes I would just not eat for a whole day because I just wouldn't be hungry. So that was a little hard going into that and having a scheduled meal and a snack. And the first day I noticed I was super hungry. I thought I was going to suffer through the whole three months because I was so hungry. And then slowly my body got used to it. It was definitely a shock to my system because I wasn't used to eating all of these foods and I wasn't used to eating as much as I was. Yeah, that's pretty common. I mean, I'll experience that. I mean, I wouldn't say I get super hungry, but I get more hungry. I generally am not hungry. Um, I, I get more of a feeling of just like lower energy or I, I would like to eat food, but I don't get hunger pangs per se. However, I'll notice it if, I, if I'm switching from being in a deficit, if I'm cutting and then I'm going back to maintaining, just eating more food will kick that in where that's the, those really that's the only time where I actually like, wow, I feel hungry. It's not overwhelming, but like I feel it in my, it's a visceral feeling. You know what I mean? So I know what that's like. Fortunately though, it goes away. Right. And then you're able to lose fat and I mean, gain muscle and do it without having to suffer. Right. That was one of the biggest things I was scared about as I, I really thought that I was going to be, you know, having to starve myself to to lose all this weight and uh, I learned very quickly that it's not as nearly as intimidating as it sounds you know I, I stayed full and I noticed I noticed really quickly how I wasn't bloated anymore and I wasn't uncomfortable I started noticing the differences in my body and I started noticing when I would lose fat and Echo told me not to focus on the scale um, which is something that was really hard for me because I always assumed that the number is how you succeed, you know, the number on that scale. And uh, she explained to me, you know, hey, you're going to be gaining muscle. So, you know, that really doesn't have anything to do with your fat loss because you could gain a pound of muscle and lose a pound of fat, but you'll still be at the same weight. And that helped a lot. 
yeah, that's a that's a point that I always make and my coaches we always make with women is just giving them those that expectation up front of weight is it's a metric. It's something we're going to pay attention to. But more importantly, we want to pay attention to what we see in the mirror. We want to pay attention to waist measurement because yes, you are going to gain muscle. Also the muscles that you have, the muscle that you have is going to be holding more water and more carbohydrate and thus more weight. So let's, let's not get too caught up in weight and let's make sure we're looking at the bigger picture. Also, especially during period time of the month, weight is even less like, you know, it's just, weight means is less valuable to women because women are also more prone to just water retention in general, which is, it's unfortunate because out in the mainstream, just gen fit world, women are constantly instructed basically to live and die by the scale. But anyway, what was your meal plan like in terms of foods and how did that compare to how you're eating previously? I'm just curious. Yeah. So I really hate sweet potatoes, so I made it a point to make sure that she knew I hated sweet potatoes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she made a meal plan, and I had, I'm trying to think, I had a pretty basic breakfast, eggs, and then I had a protein shake for snack, and um, I had broccoli and chicken for lunch. I believe it was from your cookbooks. I don't remember which one, but it was really good. Nice. Like a stir fry? Yeah, it was the stir fry. It was exactly that one. That's really good. (laughs) I love stir fries. I eat every night. I'm always messing around with stir fry recipes these days. It's just such an easy, delicious way to eat a bunch of vegetables. That's why I like it. Yeah. And I hate vegetables. So that was a really great way to make me eat some green stuff. We love those cookbooks. We use them all the time. Sorry, another tip just to interject. An easy way to get spinach in particular, because if you we want to micromanage your diet. I would say uh, it'd be smart to get a couple servings of leafy greens in per day. And spinach is a great choice is if you're making a protein smoothie of any kind, you can just throw spinach into it and you won't really taste any difference. And especially if you're just putting, let's say a serving of spinach in with maybe it could be some strawberries, a banana and some protein powder, ice, and even water. That's an easy way to get some leafy greens in. Yeah. I went from not even eating any vegetables to eating a ton of vegetables now. And spinach was really something I really hated with a passion. And now I spinach, you know, just raw. I really love it. So another great part about this program in my experience was it made me crave better food for my body because I really felt bad when I didn't eat good food which was really great for me because I didn't feel bad before when I ate that food. I just, I mean, I felt bad, but I, I didn't notice because I felt like that all the time. And by feeling bad, you're, you mean physically, right? You're not- Yeah. Or do you not? Or do you mean, because sometimes people feel bad almost like in a moral sense, like, oh, I'm, I'm committing a transgression against my body by eating this food. And then there's feeling bad, like, no, I feel like I'm going to fucking pass out. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I think it was both. I was definitely feel guilty when I would eat, you know, something bad for me. And, you know, there was always this voice in the back of my head going, do you really want to eat this right now? You know, are, is that something you really want to eat? And I would always do it. And then the guilt afterwards would be terrible. But I would also physically feel bad. You know, I was always tired. My knees would hurt just like all these physical feelings. You know, I had shortness of breath and I could never understand why I was always so tired and so laggy. And, you know, and then it really came down to, you know, it was just what I was eating and what I was putting into my body that wasn't healthy at all. And it was just like a mixture of both. And when I started doing the meal plan, both of those feelings quickly went away, which was great because I felt good about what I was eating and what I was putting into my body. And then 
I had a lot of energy the next day. I didn't wake up, you know, with puffy eyes or anything. And I didn't realize how much energy I could have, which is kind of scary because I am 24. So it makes me wonder how much energy I could have had if I started this earlier, but it is what it is. And now I have an amazing amount of energy and I'm just running around doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and obviously you reach that point and you're definitely there where there is no going back. I mean, unless there were, I don't know, maybe some catastrophic circumstance could ever, but at least you, you know, you reach that moment psychologically where there is no going back. You're like, no, no, this is what I'm doing now. It's a very firm decision that is not going to change because you have a bad day or because your girlfriends are inviting you out to eat a bunch of bad food and drink a bunch of alcohol. And maybe you even do that. And you're like, ah, whatever, it's one day, but that's not going to derail you. You know what I mean? Where you're like, you experience a change in your, in your identity almost. Like I am now the type of person that eats well and that exercises and that makes sure I get enough sleep and so forth, right? Yeah, definitely. It's pretty crazy because you I always assumed that it was just so hard and so demanding to be physically fit. And I would always, oh, I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the energy, which I really didn't. <laughs> but, you know, and it just turns out it's just really not that hard to take care of yourself. And you're completely right. You know, going out to dinner with my friends, it's really difficult now because I just don't, I don't have the desire to eat the way I used to. So, you know, I, I'm just always like, Hey, you know, I'll totally go out with you, but I'm probably not going to indulge. So just don't take any offense to it. Cause it definitely changed who I was because I'm not willing to risk feeling terrible because of eating, you know, that great big old hamburger, 85 chicken nuggets. Not that I used to, but <laughs> it's just a, just a reference, but yeah, it's, it's completely changed who I am. And it's really a change for the better because I, I'm excited to see what I can do uh, because of that change. And, you know, it's, it wasn't a huge lifestyle change like I thought it would be. I mean, it wasn't as hard. It didn't take a lot of time. It was just super quick and easy. And it's really benefited me a lot. And it will continue to benefit me for a really long time. Yeah, that's awesome. And my personal experience is that a lot of things that people don't want to do that they should do tend to go the same way that once you get going, you realize that's ah, actually not that hard and you quickly acclimate to whatever it is that you're doing that becomes your new normal. And there's even, I think I wrote about this in the motivation book that I wrote. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in there. But if like a simple little trick is, let's say you have a task that you're supposed to do that you really are not wanting to do, make a deal with yourself that you'll just do it for 10 minutes. And then if after 10 minutes, you are hating every second of it and you want to stop, you'll stop. And nine times out of 10, after 10 minutes, you're getting into the flow of it and you have no problem continuing. I think that that's like a micro example that applies in the macro as well, that once you really start getting into something, especially something like this, that is so positive and involves you, you know, taking more responsibility for yourself, right? That's what we're talking about. And for your, for your health, that once you get going, you realize one, it's actually not that hard. And two, it's, it's actually pretty enjoyable and the, and the benefits so far outweigh the downsides, which, you know, yeah, sure. There are some days I'm sure that you've experienced this. Some days you don't really feel like going to the gym. You still do it, but there's a little bit of resistance there. Or maybe you're doing a workout and you're like, ah, this workout kind of sucks and you just keep going though. But that's, that's not the norm once you get into the right routine, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
Hey, quickly, before we carry on, if you are liking my podcast, would you please help spread the word about it? Because no amount of marketing or advertising gimmicks can match the power of word of mouth. So if you are enjoying this episode and you think of someone else who might enjoy it as well, please do tell them about it. It really helps me. And if you are going to post about it on social media, definitely tag me so I can say thank you. You can find me on Instagram at Muscle for Life Fitness, Twitter at Muscle for Life, and Facebook at Muscle for Life Fitness. So let's talk about the let's talk about the exercise side of things. What were you doing previously? And <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or maybe it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the gym was always like super intimidating for me. Why? Well, you know, I don't know. I guess I was always one of those people that would, uh, I, I watched, you know, the YouTube videos and see the videos of someone doing something wrong and it would end up on YouTube. And some of them were yeah, really the, funny. The fail, the fail videos. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't say I was ever that extreme, but you know, it did make me a little self-conscious because I did not know what I was doing. You know, I didn't want people to look at me and go, wow, if she, she really doesn't know what she's doing, does she? Well, what is she doing in here? It was one of my own insecurities that I dealt with. And not only um, that, but you know, dealing with uh, me also being a young woman, I was a little intimidated just because in, in the past, I have had people come up to me in the gym, a little uncomfortable. That was another reason, but I got over that pretty quickly because I, I realized that, you know, some experiences mean that everybody behaves that way just because a few people behave that way. And that was one of the biggest things. And I know that other women have that hesitation, you know, but I learned very quickly that people aren't in the gym to look at me and uh, make fun of me. They're in the gym to do better for themselves. So I did get in the gym. Yep. And let's face it, most of the guys who would even, let's just say younger guys, most of them spend a lot more time staring at themselves yeah. in the mirror than even looking at any of, at any of the women. They're way more into themselves than- It's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good point. I learned very quickly that it's very easy to look at yourself when you're making gains because I ended up doing the same thing after a while. I would you know, see myself in the mirror and be like, oh, hey, hey, look there, little bicep, you know, and I would, you know, flex in the mirror and I realized that it was just a misconception of a lot of people. So I didn't actually go to the gym. I had a little gym set up here to avoid all of that. It wasn't great. I had a few dumbbells and that was about it. And I would run, I would run a lot, do a lot of cardio and I wouldn't really get anywhere. I wasn't doing anything for my body. Still exercise though. It's interesting that you were doing a fair amount of running previously, but you were not feeling good. And because when you were talking about your diet and how you're feeling, I was thinking that one of something that a listener might be thinking is, well, you also, if you went from being sedentary and doing extreme fasting and eating bad food to something more sensible with your diet and exercising, uh, yeah, it's not surprising you feel a lot better because exercise alone is just so powerful. But you were exercising previously. You weren't doing resistance training, but you were exercising. Yeah. And I also, I have a very um, strenuous job as well. I'm moving around at my job. You know, I'm very active. A lot of the feeling was mainly coming from just eating badly. Yeah, that was a big thing. Uh, just a lot of diet. <laughs> yeah. Were you a little bit concerned initially? Or so you're doing a lot of cardio, no resistance training. Now you're kind of flipping it, right? I'm assuming you spent most of your time doing resistance training and maybe some cardio as needed. We actually started doing cardio three days a week. 
you know, just so I could lose some of that extra fat, but I was doing a lot of resistance training. She asked me what goals I was looking for. And since my upper body was really lacking, I really wanted to build up my shoulders. So my key points were my shoulders, my thighs, and my arms. I do have arthritis, so I wanted to build up the muscles around my joints where I hurt the most, so that would help. We went right into it, and it was pretty crazy because I was super sore, <laughs> and I, I'd never felt that kind of muscle soreness before, and it, it was a little hard for me to get used to, but I eventually started loving it because I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm so glad I'm sore, which is really weird because you know when, when I used to get sore, it was just it was the worst. It was like, oh my gosh. Uh, I can't move. Don't talk to me. It was just very dramatic. And now it's like, I'm sore. I had a really good workout. But yeah, I, I focused on my shoulders and she pushed me right into it, which was great because I, I didn't feel like I was being coddled or cradled. It was just like, we're going to do this. This is what you wanted. This is what you signed up for. So we're going to give you the results you want. It worked out really great for me because I was, you know, doing incline bench and flat bench. And then I would go into squats and deadlifts, which I had never done a deadlift before. You know, that was really awesome. And then the bicep curls and just so many things I'd never done before. It was really awesome because it just opened my whole world up to this exercising and started to feel great and I started to look great. So the exercise, that was a really positive experience for me. Yeah, I bet. And how are your joints doing? Um, great, actually. I used to have knee pain almost every night, you know, and before I started working out, I actually was taking Fortify and that helped a lot with the pain over time. But then once I started working out and exercising, I haven't had knee pain since September uh, which was really awesome because it used to be debilitating. When I would have knee pain, it would be so bad. I would become nauseous and I would become flush. Holy shit. Yeah. If anybody does have arthritis, they understand like the kind of pain that I'm talking about. It's just, it's undescribable. It's really awesome not to feel that anymore because I'm a lot stronger and I've built up those muscles. And since I am moving my joints around, it helps me a lot. And my, my arthritis wasn't bad. So I feel like this has become a little bit of a preventative from it becoming worse, just working out and moving those joints and keeping them healthy. That's been really awesome because it used to be terrible for me. And now I'm just, you know, I'm able to squat and bend over and do all these other things that used to be really hard. And, you know, I'm, I can do like cartwheels and backflips. And like I used to be able to when I was younger with no problem, no, no pain and really great for that. That's awesome. There's so many cool facets of this. I mean, it's really a, a huge change in just the last, um, you know, five, six months, I guess is from when it really started, right? Yeah. I would say it kind of started January, 2018 when my fiance started it because I had to start eating a lot better when he was doing his program because I was cooking every meal for him. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be a part of his success story. And so I was cooking every meal. So when I would just eat kind of whatever he was eating, um, not in the same amounts because he was eating a lot more than I was. But, uh, you know, and that, that's when it started. And then when I started the program, it just kicked me full speed into it. That's when I started seeing the most results when I did it myself because I was getting the one-on-one -on -one help. And yeah, it's it's been a really big change, but it's been a really positive change, you know, and um, I'm a lot happier as a person and I'm more willing to take opportunities because of this, because, you know, this was a big step for me because I've always been kind of the person who's like, I don't know, I'll think about it. And since I just did this, this has opened me up to saying, you know, you succeeded with this and that was an open door and you took it. So 
I'm starting to say yes to a lot more because of this program. It's done a lot of things for me personally. Yeah, it's super cool. And it's a good, I guess, metaphor and analogy of other things that you might want to do. Like you have the basic fundamentals and you learn them and you get good at them and you work at them every single day and good things happen. I mean, that's, it's like the 20% that produces 80% of the results that are even potentially available, right? Yeah, definitely. So what are your goals now? Where do you go from here? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm still working on losing fat around my hips and my thighs. I've come to discover that that is very stubborn, doesn't want to go away. But uh, my goal right now is just to, I want to be able to deadlift like 150 pounds. That's my goal. Right now I'm at maybe 115. So that's my goal for that, for my legs. That's my big goal right now, which is, uh, it's relatively small in the grand scheme of things, but I found what works for me if, if I set smaller goals, because then I, I go a lot further. I guess for my body, I just want to, I want to shed a, a little more weight, but uh, I'm starting to, uh, I'm starting to get a little sculpted and I'd really like to have a six pack because I, I think I feel two more abs down there. I'm not exactly sure <laughs> if I do have them or not, but I'm, I'm hoping that I, I can see those soon, but overall I'm really happy with where I am, but uh, I'm going to continue to move further just because it's, it's become almost like an addiction to work out because I feel so good when I do it. And it's just, it's, it's a very positive thing in my life. So yeah, that's really my goal just to keep pushing and keep going. That's great. And something to consider on the six pack uh, point is in most women, because obviously the amount of development in your core muscles are going to play a role in that, in that, especially like the rectus abdominis, the ab muscles in the front, in many women to have a full blown six pack in the way that kind of guys have, it usually requires getting very lean. I would say a level of body fat percentage. You could do it just to do it, but you might find it's hard to maintain. You know, my version of that is, so I've cut down to, you know, maybe six or 7% body fat for photo shoots where it's not just six pack, the skin on your abs, you can't even pinch anything anymore. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, it looks cool. And, but maintaining it was a bitch. Maintaining it my workouts were always a bit worse than they were uh, if I just were, you know, maybe two or 3%, if my body fat percentage was two or 3% higher. I was, so that was me exercising, I would say, I've time about six hours a week, maybe even a little bit more actually, closer to seven, because I was in the gym five days a week for about an hour lifting. Then I was doing three, I want to say 30 minute like hit cardio sessions to stay at that level of body fat. And I also felt like I never was able to eat as much food as my body wanted, even though I wasn't in a deficit. Like my weight was steady. My measurements were, were steady. That truly was maintenance, but it felt like I was in a deficit always. Energy levels a bit lower, sex drive a bit lower. So just throwing that out there, something to think with that when you get there, you might be like, all right, this is cool. And you'll take a bunch of pictures, but you might find that after a few weeks of it, you're kind of over it where you're like, eh, I'd rather my quality of life is worth more than having the exact six pack that looks so cool in pictures. Like you might go, you know what? The four pack is actually pretty good. And I like my life outside of looking at pictures when I have the four pack. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm totally happy with where I am right now. The six pack is kind of like, like a little dream, you know? Yeah, no, you should totally do it. I'm just giving you a heads up. Like the guy version of that is what I just described. It's not just the six pack. It's, you know, it's being, 
super shredded and being Instagram shredded. I'll put it that way. That was a lot of my expectations for a while was like, you know, being like the Instagram models and, you know, the perfect body. And then, you know, one day I was like, I wonder how much editing goes into some of those pictures. That's what I was going to say. You're, you're, you're actually already there. Just take your pictures and then just you know, turn them over to the, to the editor and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. So my little four pack is it's Instagram worthy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this was great, Rachel. Thanks again for, for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. And if you, dear listener, want to learn more about my coaching service and how we might be able to help you reach your health and fitness goals faster, just head over to muscleforlife.com slash coaching, muscleforlife.com slash coaching, and you can learn all about it and schedule a free consultation call where my director of coaching, Matthew, will get on the phone with you and talk about where you've been, where you want to go, and how we might be able to help you get there faster and more enjoyably, which counts for something. Again, muscleforlife.com slash coaching. Check it out. Hey there, it is Mike again. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it interesting and helpful. And if you did and don't mind doing me a favor and want to help me make this the most popular health and fitness podcast on the internet, then please leave a quick review of it on iTunes or wherever you're listening from. This not only convinces people that they should check the show out, it also increases its search visibility and thus helps more people find their way to me and learn how to build their best bodies ever too. And of course, if you want to be notified when the next episode goes live, then just subscribe to the podcast and you won't miss out on any of the new goodies. Lastly, if you didn't like something about the show, then definitely shoot me an email at mike at muscleforlife.com and share your thoughts on how you think it could be better. I read everything myself and I'm always looking for constructive feedback, so please do reach out. All right, that's it. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I hope to hear from you soon. And lastly, this episode is brought to you by me. <laughs> Seriously though, I'm not big on promoting stuff that I don't personally use and believe in. So instead, I'm going to just quickly tell you about something of mine. Specifically, my one-on-one -on -one coaching service. So the long story short here is this is the personal coaching service that I wish I had when I started in the gym many years ago. Every diet and training program that we create for clients is 100% custom. We provide daily workout logs and do weekly accountability calls. Our clients get priority email service and discounts on supplements, and the list goes on and on. Furthermore, my team and I have also worked with hundreds of people of all ages, circumstances, and needs and goals. So no matter how tricky you might think your situation is, I promise you, we can figure out how to get you results. If I have piqued your interest and you want to learn more, then head on over to www.muscleforlife.com forward slash coaching and schedule your free consultation call now. I'll tell you, there's usually a wait list and new slots fill up very quickly. So if you're interested at all, don't wait. Go schedule your call now.